I just did a whole segment with a mic off. It was the greatest segment ever. It's like Tenacious D. It was the best song in the world, and you may or may not ever hear it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, no one cares about this, but we're mobile here in a bit because I'm heading over to get the. I do. I, I get the final word with Brent Venables. Is is Connor Pasby okay with hanging out while I drive with you? Whenever I get over there, and let me ask. Connor. Yeah, he's he's good. He's good. We're getting ready for kickoff of Texas Baylor, which reminds me of my favorite story involving uh, – well, one of my favorite stories involving Texas Tech, a former Texas Tech head football coach, current OU, I guess you could say wide receiver, special assistant Matt Wells. I think it was, it was two years ago, Texas and Texas Tech were playing on this Friday of Thanksgiving. Matt Wells is – the the football coach. Matt Walls is my brother-in-law. I proceeded to text Matt Wells our Wi-Fi oh, code. Man. And he's like, hey, Matt, here's here's the numbers if you need them. Here's the Wi-Fi code if you have any problems. <laughs> what did he this. say? So this I'm not I'm like watching pregame warm-ups and I get a text from Coach Wells. He's like, Is everything okay? I'm like, oh geez. I'm, I'm sorry, coach. <laughs> That's so bad, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's for my brother-in-law. And it, listen, it's a long story. That's so. That's so embarrassing. I've uh, I've had a similar situation. I, I'll, I'll tell you that off the air. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even feel comfortable sharing that on the air. I think my personal favorite was telling uh, the story one time. I was calling. I thought I was calling. A, uh, I think my wife, and I was actually calling Don Tomkowski, the sports information director at the University of Tulsa. And was just in my own world while the voicemail was playing, and literally left like a thirty-second voicemail of "Hey, love you. On my way to get this, this, and this. Uh, if you could pick this up, that'd be great. But just miss you. Um, I'll see you at home here in a little bit. Click." And then as soon as I hung up, I was like, "Did I just call Don Tom with that message?" Uh, so as to be the not, you know. Well, why would you not? I'll say it on air, just like generically. <laughs> okay basically had asked the coach, hey, can I get this roster coach from the coach that was no longer at the school <laughs> and yeah, said, why Why don't you just ask the coach from that school? I was like, okay, well, that's a Did you, that's a great point. Are you guys still friends, or was that the end of the relationship? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we're enemies, but I don't know that we're <laughs> friends either. That, uh, that's pretty embarrassing, though. So, yeah, it's not bad. You know, we, um, we owe you. The top five stories of the day. In fact, we are two hours and six minutes into this program today, and I don't know how much that we've actually accomplished. So, this final hour is always brought to you by Mop and Roofing, which means it's time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Okay, Newcastle Casino, conveniently located off of I-44 at exit 107. 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, and ultimate Texas Hold'em. Front row sports bar located at Newcastle Casino has monthly drink specials for you. Big story number five. Number five. Depending where you are in this incredibly beautiful and wonderful state of Oklahoma, this might be big story number one in your world. The high school football playoffs have reached the semifinal stage in 6A1 and in 6A2. 
Tonight in the rematch in Broken Arrow, Bixby and J- – wait, hold on, hold on. Did I see that right? They're playing this this afternoon? Is that right? 1 p.m.? If that's what it says, that's that's when they're playing. This afternoon, live from Broken Arrow, it's Bixby and Jinx. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, Union at Owasso, the winner – We'll play at UCO in the state championship on Friday, December 2. Meanwhile, 6-8-2 tonight, you get in Ponca City at 7 o'clock, Stillwater and Deer Creek. That's Is that the game we have on the KRF.TV? Deer Creek, Stillwater. Deer Creek, there you go. KRFSports.TV is where you can find it. Choctaw, Muskogee. Of course, Josh Helmer. We know where all eyes in the state of Oklahoma are this evening. Oh, I've got a pretty good idea. Up they, in McAllister. They're in McAllister, Oklahoma, where Cole Scott and the Washington Warriors look to continue their march to a 2A state championship. I really hate – someone had asked, are you going to be there? I'm like, no, I, I wish. I'm going – Yeah, you've got to travel to Lubbock. I've got a road trip coming up, friends. I've I've got a road. What's apparently going to include going through some winter weather. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's supposed to snow, huh? It's supposed to snow. Um, so yeah, that's that's very cool. My man Cole Scott nearly had 200 yards rushing last week. How about that? Ida Bell, Washington in two A, uh, same side of the bracket as Kiefer and Jones. Semifinals set for next Saturday. Highly. At UCO. Highly anticipated rematch of Bigsby and Jenks. I'm excited about that. I wish. Where's ESPN tonight? Go get that ESPN. Uh, so, again, all kinds of high school coverage for you. Uh, KRFSports.tv with the Deer Creek Santa uh, Stillwater game. All right. Um, Big star number four. Number four. It may get lost in your world because you might still be in a turkey hangover. You might be all in on college football. But the Oklahoma Sooners won in the opening round of – what's the name of this tournament here? I had it right here in front of me. Anyway, they beat Nebraska yesterday. Take that – oh, there it is. ESPN Events Invitational. Boy, that's about as generic as it gets, right? Welcome to the ESPN Events Invitational. Yeah, that's they got to rework that. That's so bad. What's the name of it? It's the ESPN Events Invitational. Oh. Who's putting this thing on? Well. <laughs> and what is it? It's an event. And, well, it's an invitational. So, anyway, ESPN Events Invitational. Uh, not bad. The Grove Brothers, the Groves Brothers, Tanner and Jacob had a big night. 17 for Jacob. Or 17 for Tanner, 16 for Jacob. Oklahoma and Seton Hall. Tonight at 7 p.m. Yeah, and I, I would imagine uh, Oklahoma should be able to win this game versus Seton Hall. Ecuador just tied the Netherlands. Woo! Thanks, thanks, look crazy in the World Cup. Maybe, just maybe, there's an upset brewing beginning at 1 o'clock Central Time. What in the world is going on? Yeah, U.S. and England, in case you didn't see the 8,000 promotions of it yesterday during the NFL. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for some free engagement out there, today would be the perfect day to say something sort of obnoxious about football slash soccer. Maybe direct that at the English, and you could get some play from uh, across the pond. Agreed. If you're looking for that sort oh, of interaction. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we move on too terribly quick, here's three very funny things for you. First down, Baylor. 
you both need a geography lesson on the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Idabel is in the far southeastern corner of Oklahoma. Okay. Washington is in central Oklahoma. Idabel would be between I uh, I'm sorry. McAllister. McAllister would be between Idabel and Washington, the perfect site for a neutral site game. I'm sorry, bro. It's two hours away. All right. I understand how far apart Idabel and Washington are. It's just dumb to have to drive two hours whenever you've earned a spot as a higher-seeded team in the four-team playoffs. Ooh, Texas almost picked off a pass. Quarterfinals right now. Did I say the quarterfinals? I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, let's make this as fair as possible. So put two teams on the road for two freaking hours. Dumb. Dumb. It's It's not everything should be equal. There's a team that's ranked higher, and there's a team that's ranked lower. Can I respond to the texter as well? Yeah, I had no idea, by the way. I had to look, and I said, Idabel is southeast. I don't know how. I, I would just like to say that you are correct. I would like and need a geography lesson for the state of Oklahoma. That, that part no, is no, I absolutely 1,000% need that. In fact, I think most of the weather guys are winging it, and I'm almost impressed. Idabel game in McAllister's because many of our former residents are already in the big house. For some reason, I always think <laughs> McAllister's out west, but that is not right. Now, McAllister is always that hell part of the turnpike whenever you're driving from Tulsa to Dallas. Um, here's the other one that, that I mentioned that I wanted to read that was funny from the 580. I sent a very explicit text about what I wanted to do to the entire fire department instead of the intended person. Oh, that's a little embarrassing right there. Tom, you want to come in here? What's this about? Wanting to play oh, no. Night Stalker, buddy. Uh, and then there is this. Ridiculous that east side teams have to go play on the west side for the state championships. I know you have zero control over it, but it is ridiculous. I, guys, I miss the days. I miss the days of adjusting that. Yeah, I'm you just know? being sensible about it. Yeah, and, and there's been times whenever you get two east side, like you're going to get two east side teams in the 6A1 state championship. Put it in Tulsa. Put it at Chapman Stadium. Yeah, I mean, each of these semifinals, the state championship, there's no reason it shouldn't be out east. I completely forgot what number we're on. Oh, yeah, a big story number three. I apologize. Number three. Uh, Baylor, by the way, has to punt on its opening possession. Texas will take over from deep within its own territory. To the shock of absolutely nobody, B. John Robinson did indeed go through senior day ceremonies at the University of Texas. So. I mean, again, gone. He's, so he's gone. turning pro. Probably, likely going to be the the first offensive, first round pick. Say that right. The first player from the offensive side of the football as a first round pick for Texas since Vince Young. So is that right? Gosh, yeah, that's that crazy. Unbelievable. They've gone that long. Egg Bowl last night. It got a little bit weird late in the game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Whenever Ole Miss, oh. Look at me. I'm sitting here getting ready to play audio. Got to plug the cords in, people. Hang on. Everybody relax. Nothing like getting where we need to be uh, two hours and 14 minutes into the show. All right. So, anyway, uh, got dicey late when Jackson Dart got things going for Ole Miss in what was a 24-16 to game with this. Ready again. Fake to Judkins. There's a pass. He's got it wide open. Caught. It's D-Wade for the touchdown. Exactly what happened to Ole Miss earlier. Mississippi State lost the way. Two-point conversion coming up. Okay, Kevin Burkhart, that is an example of an appropriate <laughs> wide open. He did, in fact, he was wide open for the touchdown. It wasn't a 15-yard gain. So here is the Mississippi State 
Radio Network on the shovel pass two-point conversion attempt. Dart takes a snap, fakes a pitch, shovel pass ahead, busted up. State picks it up, an incomplete pass. The Bulldogs defense has stopped them. The two-point try fails with 125 to go, and State clings to a two-point lead. I will say, um, the Mississippi State setup on the onside kick was interesting. Like, literally one guy, but he made the play, so. Do you have any idea why it's called the Egg Bowl? You know, I, I watched like a documentary on this, um, I want to say a couple of years ago. Maybe it was on the SEC. That's intentional grounding on Quinn and Ewers in the end zone. There was nobody near that ball. There wasn't a soul near that football. Hold up. They're Nine, talking about it. There, there it is. is. Oh, Kevin no. Nah, one of my favorite officials, nicest dude on the planet. He, he does seem like a nice guy. He's bundled up today. It's going to be two-zip Baylor. That was in. Now watch. They're going to say that he wasn't quite in the end zone. He was in the end zone. Uh, Nine forty-four to go in the first quarter. Baylor has to punt on its first possession. Texas gets the football deep in its own territory. A couple negative runs. Then on third down, Ewers intentional grounding on Ewers. Quarterback was in the end zone. I'm reading lips right now. Safety. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I, was, I looked up. I'm like, there was no one even close to that football. Oh. Put the. Put the two on the board and let, watch the replay. Watch the replay. Like, this is – he's in the end zone clearly. Yep, 100%. And look, yeah, there's nobody there. There's nobody. I mean, even there's two Baylor defensive players. Did you see Mac Rhodes, the Baylor athletic director, throws his hands on the sidelines. Sark is ripping into yours right now. He says, dude, come on, man. I thought, <laughs> I thought we went over this. Get that kicker's net out of the way. I want to see Sark chew on you. There you go. I will never understand. What, what number are we on? Uh, number two, I think. Okay, we're going. But hold on. Before we go to number two, since we're on college football here, I, I know Texas is seven and four. And because Oklahoma is six and five and they put 49 on Oklahoma, we're like not allowed to give any advice on what they should do. But I'll say this, Josh. I will never understand why Texas didn't try to go back to Hudson Card at some point. Quinn Ewers has played better. But, man, I think you get a mobile quarterback back there, that's big trouble. All right, I got hustle. Big story number two. Number two. Last night, let's just get you the three big highlights for the National Football League, including the Buffalo Bills winning whenever. I kind of thought that they might be in a, in a little bit of trouble yesterday. The snap is good. The kick is long enough. It is up. It is good. Still two seconds left on the clock. A 45-yard field goal for Tyler Bass to put the Bills on top, 28-25, with two seconds remaining. Uh, they, they cut off the cut, but at the very end of it, the play-by-play go, guy goes, and Tyler Bass owns Ford Field. And I'm thinking to myself, could you imagine being like a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman that's out there sweating and scratching and clawing and getting hurt and getting beat up, and some dopey play-by-play guy tries to say that kicker Owns the field. What are we doing right now, dude? 28-25, Bills win. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Maybe. Prescott with a little boot out to the right. Throws it to Schultz. Diving to the goal line. Touchdown, Cowboys. Two for Dalton Schultz. Two for you. Yeah. If I'm a Cowboy, and Cowboys win at 28-20 over the Giants. We're hot, baby. If I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm, I'm pretty inspired by what I saw from Ezekiel Elliott last night. And I... I watched with my brother-in-law, who's an old offensive lineman, 
and he loved the way that Tony Pollard runs the football. He's like, that's the kind of guy I want to block. Well, they've got a two-headed monster right now. And so it's really cool to see. And, by the way, I still thought that was a catch by C.D. Lamb in the back of the end zone. Me too. Me too. I, I guess, though, his uh, – Like the right uh, – Initially it looked that way, but then on further review, he didn't get the second foot down before, before the side of the gotcha. heel came down out of bounds. I, I was – I wasn't in a – I wasn't on my own TV, okay? And you're not just going to grab another man's remote and be like, rewind that! <laughs> I'm trying to Zapruder film this thing. But I was literally standing two inches, like, stating my case. I'm like, fuck the fun is that? That's a touchdown! CD looked really good. He so, had one drop, but he looked really good yesterday. The NFC's wide open, by the way, for Dallas to finally, finally win the NFC and get back to the Super Bowl. That's neither here nor there. The Buffalo game, right? Right. So I'm at my girlfriend's parents' house. We're doing Thanksgiving dinner, all that, right? Everything's going great. So I have a FUBU TV membership, right? right. I, I, I've, got, I've got the account, right? That's how I was watching. They don't have cable over FUBU there. FUBU for us, by us? Is this different? Whatever. It's my streaming, that was streaming a, service That, was a, that was a clothing brand that I thought I was cool enough to wear and come to find out. FUBU, yes. I was not. I, now that you see, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. I got my, some of my uh, football-playing friends are like, bro, you can't wear that. I'll try and make this as brief as I can. Go Long ahead. story short, they don't have cable, so we're using my FUBU account to watch the Bills game, right? Okay, for some reason, I'm not getting streamed through the OKC, CBS affiliate, or the Tulsa affiliate. Right. You know which affiliate I had? New York. The Houston affiliate. What? Okay, and did you see what happened? On the Houston version of the broadcast. No, no. I, this is all new to me. I'm so okay. excited. So, Buffalo uh, gives up the field goal, the game-tying field goal, right? We're uh, we're all even. Detroit-Buffalo tied at 25 apiece. And sure enough, lo and behold, Mr. Meteorologist has to cut into the coverage. And, and that's it. I didn't see any of the end of the game. None of it. What? Look out. Look out, Houston. We've got a tornado warning here. We've got this going on and there. And you're watching no two in, boxes. in Oklahoma City. Well, I was in Tulsa. But oh, Tulsa. Right, right, right. Even worse. And, and so I had no idea that Buffalo won before uh, the game went to overtime. That was my viewing experience. I'm for you. sorry. That stinks. It stinks. So to all of our Houston listeners out there. Hope you're safe. I'm, well, yeah, that's number one. And secondly, I'm sorry you didn't get to see the end of the game. Wow, that's crazy. Speaking of uh, the night game, the Minnesota Vikings came from behind to beat the Dallas Cowboys, and there was an exciting moment in the uh, the New England Patriots. Excuse me, all my games running together. To reset, Cowboys win, Bills win, Vikings win. On Wolf's this. kick, short, Juan Wu from the four near side. Angles to the right, to the five, to the left, to the 10, 15, 20, 25. Kinney, toe-tapping the sidelines. Here he goes! Kinney, Juan Wu! 20 touchdown! Kind of wild that Mr. Special Teams Bill Belichick had special teams meltdowns that cost him that game. The kick return for a touchdown and the roughing the punter call that gave Minnesota a new set of downs and they went and scored. Who's the uh, Vikings play-by-play guy? It's Paul Allen. The legendary Paul Allen. That was pretty, pretty, He's pretty really good. good. He's a crazy person. I love him to death. I could tell from that one clip. <laughs> All right, so big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Okay, so I'm heading over to OU because I get to do the final interview with Brent Venables 
So when we come back, we're heading mobile. We're heading mobile over to OU Sooners, leaving a little bit later on this afternoon for Lubbock. Weather issues, there's all kinds of, there's been a rumor that maybe they might not leave until Saturday. But Sooners going to try to get out today. And uh, we'll hear from Brent Venables coming up in just a bit. But when we come back, a couple of guys will do a a rather creative version of the elite roofing system. Who's on top next right here on The Ref. Stick around. We, uh, we hit the yellow light perfect, Josh. So if an officer tried to pull me over, I never sped, sir or ma'am. And it was still yellow when I was in the intersection. That's the rule, right? That's the rule? Yeah, proceed with caution, baby. That's right. Though, if you speed up to catch the yellow light, that's where you can get in trouble, as 16-year-old Chris Plank learned when he got ticketed. Uh, Didn't catch me on radar, but I guess maybe I had hammered that throttle a little bit too much. Welcome back in to a mobile version of the Plank Show. Since none of you people can drive, the delay button is definitely on for this portion. And, uh, listen, we got some – I'm heading over. I get the last word with Coach Venables coming up. Uh, for the pregame show and for Sooner Sports TV, so I'm kind of pumped about that. But uh, before we get into OU stuff, before we get into what's going on uh, for OU and some keys after the bottom of the hour, Josh, what's going on in Austin? Is it already trouble in turn two for Texas? It looks like it, yeah. Touchdown Baylor after the safety. Big touchdown over the top. Shaping to Ellis, 47 yards, and he was, Ooh. wait for it, wide open. Was it the true definition? No, it was actually, he was two steps in front of the defender, but hey, it don't matter. (laughs) Remember, remember, as we've learned from Kevin Burkhart, every single wide receiver is wide open. Even there's like three guys that are standing around him. Okay, now from a route now, I understand there's gambling, not necessarily with you, Josh, but just in general, but from a rooting aspiration in this, I mean, is is it just a situation where we don't care and football is on, or would we like to see Texas fall to seven and six? Oh, I mean, I think you're obviously rooting for Texas to lose anytime you can, right? It's just better for Oklahoma if Texas isn't uh, isn't good. Look, they, this year they're going to have the forty nine to nothing over you, but in a year where things have played out the way they have for OU, if you beat Texas Tech tomorrow and Texas loses today and you finish with the same record, maybe better. Dependent upon the bowl game, then, I mean, what does that say about Texas? After all of the hype they've been given, right, to get a game day spot, to be favorited, that's a proper word, as many times as they were. I mean, I had someone, not someone, you know who, I had Arnie debating with me that, well, TCU isn't that good because, I mean, look, they were seven-point underdogs in Texas. And I'm like, is this really the point you're trying to make to keep TCU out, that they were an underdog when they – literally not only covered but one outright and didn't allow an offensive touchdown that's where we are right now uh for tcu but yeah i'm kind of listen i i i feel good about one thing this year that i was able to foresee and it was nice i saw pierce the intern this week and i think it was actually at ou and pregame i saw pierce and he was kind enough to say you were right about baylor chris you were right about uh, not being too over the top about Blake Shapin. Now, I think Shapin's going to be really good next year. Like, I think that's the year to look out for Baylor and its offense. But I will say, Josh, it's um, I'm all about Texas's incremental improvement being by what would that be? One whole game. <laughs> right. you know, like, congratulations on this incredible turnaround 
with all with the first first round pick and run at, at, on the offensive side of the football since Vince Young, and you were able to go from five and seven to seven and, and whatever it's going to be seven and six or a bowl game coming up. I mean, it's just it's it's not all that right. This is not that great of a football team as they were built up to be. So I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it with Texas imploding today, but also. I know we got a break, and I was going to catch up, but there's just something so obnoxious about Baylor fans. I hate to say that because a good friend of mine's a Baylor fan. Not you, not you, but it's almost as if every little modicum of success is suddenly like the greatest thing they've ever seen. It's like Mark Schlereth watching the Broncos. Every little thing that happens is the most amazing thing he's ever seen in his life. So there is this small little part of me that can they end in a tie? No, colleges don't have ties anymore, do they? We're going to play with two-point conversions until they score. I'm really torn on this one in case you can't tell, Josh. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Baylor, but uh, it's, it is goal to go now for Texas as Ooh. they have marched right back down the field. All right. Well, we'll keep a tab on this. Do you happen to have the score pulled up of the Tulane Green Wave game that just kicked off this morning? I do. It is scoreless right now. Tulane uh, has it. Inside the red zone, but it's fourth down now, so ah. they appear to be settling for a field goal. All right, Tulane, Cincinnati, and a big game for that New Year's Day six bowl berth for a group of five conference. All right, we owe you a lot of Oklahoma Sooner football. So when we come back uh, in what I guess might work out and being my final segment, let's kind of bro- uh, blow through some of our keys to a Sooner victory against the Red Raiders so we can talk about Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Again, tomorrow night, 630 We'll be on the air at 4.30 of the pregame show. Did I hear correctly Josh Helmer making his triumphant return to the Rep Army pregame shows? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be out at Windy Chevrolet in Purcell. Uh, 12.30 to 3.30, I'll be hanging out. 12.30, 2.30, I get to uh, sort of ride shotgun in our pregame coverage for us, and then I'll be hanging out with uh, the other guys, that little crossover hour uh, from 2.30 to 3.30. But it'll be fun, man. I haven't gotten to do any pregame this year, but uh, I get to tomorrow. Nice. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and uh, get you some keys to a Sooner victory next right here on the route. It's a pretty cool scene that's going on right now as we get set to talk to Brent Venables for the Sooner pregame show, I don't think I've, I don't think I've been in the belly of the beast when they're getting ready to take off for a road trip. This is, uh, it's just kind of the first time. Obviously, the, the the big old rig is already gone, and uh, the buses are getting ready to load out. This is um, game time, baby. Let's go. How are you feeling overall? Where we have TJ's gut that's sponsored. Where is Josh Helmer's gut right now? It's pretty positive. I. I, I... Feel good. You know, the way the defense is playing, maybe it's just drunk on a, bed- a bedlam performance where the first quarter went so great. But I think OU's go- going to win this game. I think they're going to run successfully. And uh, if I can, just to combine our elite roofing systems, who's on top, I think it's got to be the run game, right? It's got to be uh, Eric Gray. The low-hanging fruit is obvious. Right. What, what about maybe – okay, here's the theory – and obviously, we started seeing, if you look at a couple of series late against Oklahoma State, we started seeing a little bit more of a Javante Barnes, right? So what if it's a, maybe a Javante Barnes who we see get a little bit more of a starring role? Younger guy, uh, waiting for his opportunity, has had some pretty good flashes so far this season. I'm with you a 1,000%. You know, I want to see uh, Eric Gray get 140 yards over his last two games, or heck, why not just 150 on Saturday night? But I really think that there is – 
I think there's a very good chance that you could see a little bit more of some of the youngsters too. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I don't know what the numbers look like for someone like, say, uh, a Kip Lewis. I mean, Danny Stutzman played every single snap on Saturday, Josh. Every single snap. Maybe that's a guy now that you know his numbers are where they need to be that you you see a little bit more of. I'm just I, I think there is a chance that this Saturday that maybe we'll see, and, and if it's not this Saturday, then it's definitely going to be in the bowl game. But I think you'll start seeing a few more of the younger guys, too. I'm pretty, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I'm pretty jacked up to see how this team um, handles its personnel on Saturday, right? You're still going to see a lot of Stutzman's still a young dude. He's learning in this defense. You're going to see a lot of Danny Stutzman still. He's not going to magically disappear from this rotation. Um, and Deshaun White in his final ace, he's going to play a lot, but I, I just. I wonder if now, because we haven't seen it, right, since they've done the, the big line changes a couple of weeks ago, but I wonder if maybe now with kind of an understanding of there's a full game um, where some of these guys have and haven't played as far as participation is concerned, I, I wonder if maybe some of those dudes that they do plan on redshirting, maybe you see a few more times, if not Friday night or tomorrow night, then you know definitely as we get set for a bowl game coming up whenever that might be, December 28th or whatever. The bowl game, no doubt. I think we're seeing all right. sorts of fresh faces. And, look, uh, Brent Venables has a vision that he wants guys to be all the way bought in and play in these bowl games. But I just think you're going to see that probably there's going to be some guys that opt out of the bowl game, and that means opportunities for other younger players. And anymore, that's one of the exciting parts of a bowl game. Probably there's right. a chance we see some of that tomorrow versus Texas Tech, but – you know, in large part, Plank, I think kind of what we've seen for the most part is what we're going to get, and that's how it should be because getting a seventh right. win, winning this uh, this game in Lubbock is important for OU. How big is in, in the mind of Josh Helmer? And, and I got a bolt. They're getting ready to wrap up. Cool. So I just want to make this point real quick. But how big from a culture perspective is how they play on Saturday? Because I'm, I'm excited, right? I want to see how they respond to success. I want to see how they respond to playing well. You know, there's been a few times this season where – Maybe that didn't necessarily – I think about Iowa State on to Baylor. So I'm really excited to see how they respond to this success, right? Is it a continual confidence builder that just, you know, has guys like Stutzman and Grimes and Ethan Downs playing through their mind? Or is it that same mindset where if something kind of starts to go wrong, you know, it, it crumbles a little bit? Are they where they should be and want to be mentally and, in, you know, foundationally – you would hope that that momentum carries over, right? And you would hope that these guys stay sky high, not start questioning themselves if something bad starts happening. They've seen some of the fruits of their labor, right, over the last few weeks? No doubt. And I think it's very important, in short, to answer your question because it gives us an indication of whether or not Oklahoma is starting to turn a corner, starting to turn a corner defensively. I think we get an indication of that. I think we get an indication of whether or not Chris, Oklahoma is starting to turn a confidence corner because I think that's been a problem for Oklahoma at I times agree. this season. I, you know, this is crazy, but I still believe that Oklahoma was a good team leaving Lincoln, Nebraska. And then suddenly, Oklahoma was not a good team for a large portion yeah. of this season. So have they found themselves back on the right side of things? I think we, we get an answer of, about that uh, in Lubbock tomorrow. One, one more pick to click from me. Um, I think Ethan Downs is going to have a big game. I mean, he played pretty well last week. I don't know if he's going to put up monster sack numbers. You know, some of the stuff he was doing early in the season were things that didn't necessarily, you know, translate to tape. But yeah, let me rephrase that. Translate to stats. It's things you see on tape. But 
Um, I'm big on I'm big on Ethan Downs having a big day tomorrow night. I think that's that might even be my spotlight player because I'm just I'm so excited to put a, him to put an exclamation point on the season. All right, so that'll do it for me. Uh, I've got some OU responsibilities, and then we're hitting the road to Lubbock. What time's your pregame starting tomorrow, Josh? I hear twelve thirty. Yeah, twelve thirty. We'll get going from uh, Windy Chevrolet out in Purcell. I've got uh, some interurban gift cards I can hand out to the folks tomorrow. Oh. I've got some Pepe Delgados to hand out to the folks tomorrow, so hope uh, everybody will swing on by. But, hey, man, safe travels, and uh, do. hopefully we're talking about a W on Monday. Yeah, and how about Texas coming back already to take the lead over Baylor 14-9? to Josh will have you updated on that and uh, wrapping up the plan. So, Steelman at Riverwind Casino today. We'll see. I'll see you back here tomorrow live from Lubbock at about 2.30. Um, stick around. We're back to wrap the show up next right here on the Home Center. Back with you one final time. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer welcoming in Connor Pasby. Connor, what's up, dude? Good morning. Good afternoon. How's it going, man? Good morning. Well, we're watching here. Fourth down and two. Baylor's going. Cannot provide play-by-play for you, but I can tell you that fourth down try, first down Baylor. So we got a good one going on in Austin. Baylor, if uh, you're just tuning in, just getting around, a little Black Friday shopping for you, Baylor jumped on Texas. Okay, they had a Quinn Ewers intentional grounding safety that uh, Baylor jumped on front first. Then Blake Shapen over the top found Ellis a 47-yard score, but it's been all Longhorns since. Quinn Ewers a touchdown run, and then after a shank punt, beat John Robinson back into the end zone for Texas, though. Here goes Baylor. Incomplete pass here. It's second down and 10. Baylor on the move, 14-9. to Longhorns leading the Bears from down in Austin. I just saw that video of that shank punt by Baylor, which was really, really bad. Yeah. Well, it was uh, a punt of 11 yards, which probably you don't need much of a description beyond that. From the 18 to the Baylor 29, and that set up Texas's second score. So early second quarter between those two. And it's 14-9. to Texas Baylor is on the plus side of the field. Right at about the 40, they're driving here versus the Horns. The rest of the college football scoreboard right now, it looks like this. All even between number 19, Tulane, and number 24, Cincinnati. Three apiece in that one. Again, early stage of second quarter there. Utah State, Boise State. Those two scoreless into the first quarter just about. And directional Michigan's. The uh, battle there, 14-13, Eastern Michigan on top of Central Michigan. Toledo leading Western Michigan, 7-0. The uh, rest of the college football slate today, it looks like this. Arizona State at Arizona. That's 2 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. 2-30, Battle of North Carolina. North Carolina State at North Carolina. NC State was a team that a bunch of people thought was potentially, I don't even know if you'd say an ACC sleeper before the season. With Leary and company, a bunch of people thought that NC State was kind of a trendy, dark, horseish pick in the ACC, though, again, they were top 15 preseason a lot of places, so I don't know how much of a dark horse or under-the-radar pick you could say they were. It's not been that, right? They're 7-4, and 3-4 and four in the ACC. They travel to UNC, who's 9-2, 6-1 in the ACC, 230 ABC. Uh, you know, I saw somebody float this the other day, and – Congrats, here's another fourth down conversion. Wow, completion over the middle for Baylor. 
So a couple of fourth down conversions on this drive for the Bears. And uh, they are, I think, up in the red zone or close to for uh, into the up close to the Texas 20. Yeah, they're 22 yard line just about of Texas. So Baylor right there, striking distance. I saw somebody float this. Congratulations on your engagement out there. They asked the question when Oklahoma goes to the SEC, what's going to happen to OU Texas? Would they move it out of the second weekend of October into this week, rivalry week, which. Congratulations again on your engagement. Dumbest post of all time. Of course they're not moving it away from the Cotton Bowl. Of course they're not moving it away from the State Fair of Texas out of the second weekend of October. But congratulations. You got all the likes, the retweets, the quote tweets that you were looking for. It did, however, bring up kind of an interesting question, which is the second part of that. Who who would OU play that week? Because we know Bedlam's off the the table that's not happening arkansas missouri and this is what made me think of this arkansas missouri play today 230 on cbs and that's again getting played in this rivalry week portion of this the schedule i think ou arkansas is a natural fit for this week going forward and to me eyeballs baby oklahoma arkansas is drawing more attention than arkansas mizzou with all peace and love to all of our M-I-Z-Z-O-U friends out there, I think OU Arkansas would be a nice addition to this week. But uh, obviously, they've kind of already got that on the. That, on yeah, the books. that would that would be nice, OU Arkansas. But I don't, man, I don't see them really messing with OU Texas and moving that date around. No, I mean that was look, dude. That was totally by design. Let me get everybody in a tither and an uproar. And uh, here's your engagement. Here's your engagement. Got what you wanted. Uh, the rest of the schedule, by the way, looks like this. 2.30 CBS Sports Network, the game everybody's been counting down for. A couple of 2-9 and nine teams in the Mountain West, baby. It's Colorado <laughs> State playing host to New Mexico. And a big one in the Big Ten West. Iowa can clinch the Big Ten West. Just got to beat lousy Nebraska at home. That would be an eighth straight win for the Hawkeyes over Nebraska if they can swing it on Big Ten Network at 3 o'clock from Kinnick Stadium. Uh, the rest of the schedule, UCLA at Cal uh, on Fox at 3.30. Florida, Florida State, 6.30 on ABC. Wyoming, Fresno State, 9 o'clock on FS1. And then, obviously, the uh, Virginia-Virginia Tech game has been uh, canceled. For, Florida, Florida State may be interesting to see if Florida comes out playing inspired. Florida State's been playing a lot better. That should be a fun one in Tallahassee tonight. Third down for Baylor. They uh, have a first down they could pick up inside uh well in front of the goal line here so they could so they've they've had two fourth down conversions so far on this, on this drive. drive yep 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 and this is third down and six from where they have a first down they can pick up at the one so third and six from the seven 14 to nine horns lead the bears about midway point now 8 30 in the second quarter Shapin and company on the move, discombobulated play, and the football's on the ground, but Bears, uh, they do recover it. So Oklahoma and Texas Tech, just some final thoughts before we hand it off to Steelman and Thune at noon. I'll let you take the cake here, Connor. What are, what are you thinking about this game? What are some keys for you? What's important? I think it's going to be a close game in Lubbock between OU and Texas Tech. Texas Tech's been kind of up and down these last three or four weeks. Their defense is much improved from – 
a year ago. I don't see this one being a shootout like what we're used to between OU and Texas Tech. I do think OU will be able to run the football with Eric Gray. That's going to be a big key in Lubbock. I think they can come out with a win. I, I think it's going to be close, though. Win by seven, or maybe ten points for two-possession game. But I think it's going to be a really close game. And the weather does not look great in Lubbock. It was, it was projected snow. I think it's looking like some rain in Lubbock. Not very good weather. Uh, low 40s. Hate that. For... That favors OU, though, in the running game. Yeah, no, it's not bad news from that standpoint for OU. Hate that for our traveling party friends Yes, out there, though I love a bad weather game. From the friendly con- confines of Casa de Helmer, nice and toasty in the, the confines of Casa de Helmer, I love <laughs> a weather game, baby. And it sounds like we're going to get that yeah, uh, Texas Tech's been dealing with some – their quarterback's been banged up. I think the kid's healthy, though. The Oregon transfer? Yeah, yeah. Chuck. So we'll see. We'll see how he plays. Hopefully, you can force some turnovers with him. Sooners, by the way, this is a fascinating note. So obviously, OU's won ten straight over Texas Tech. They've got a twenty-three and six all-time mark against the Red Raiders. OU has scored at least thirty-eight points. At least thirty-eight points in each of their last twelve games against Texas Tech. Longest such streak in school history. One more than the 11 straight versus Kingfisher College <laughs> from 1908 to 1919. That's crazy. That's going to do it for us, man. We're done. Uh, hey, come out and see me tomorrow, Wendy Chevrolet, for the Sooner pregame show as we count you down to Oklahoma, Texas Tech, but plenty of OU coverage between now and then. Steelman and Thune at noon coming your way next. Baylor, by the way, just tacked on a field goal. It's 14-12 Texas. So long, everybody.